All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 267. We are All-Star Weekend hungover. Russell Westbrook is officially a Clipper. I'm stoked. Drew isn't buying into it. Matt McClung stole the whole show for All-Star Weekend because that game was trash. And Drew gives his flowers to a non-NBA player. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 267. Uh, big news today, but first, Drew and I are a little slow motion. We <laughs> uh, kind of tied one on last night for All-Star Game, which we're going to be talking about soon. And then the yeah. news broke this morning about Russell Westbrook. I thought I was going to be able to sleep in, but my, my phone would not stop. So I didn't get the sleep needed to put on a good show today. So we're just a little hungover, a little yep. slow, but we we do this for you guys. We had to put one out even before the show. Drew and I are like, should we push? Should we push this till tomorrow? But there's no, we can't because Russell Westbrook is officially now a Los Angeles Clipper. And I couldn't be happier. I'm extremely happy about it. We said on the last show that, if conversations were had with Russell and Ty Lue and, and, and Kawhi and PG sign off on it, I'm all for it. And it came out today that that Lawrence Frank and Ty Lue and Russell Westbrook had in-depth conversations, numerous uh, yeah. conversations about his expected role on the team, what is expected from him, what we want and what the conversations entailed. They were they were centered around toughness playmaking and rebounding. That's what we want from Russ. So after having these conversations with Russell, uh, he's all for it. I think these discussions were things that the Lakers didn't have with him minus this year. Like Darvin Ham said some things that they finally had some discussions, but his role is planned out. And to get Russell Westbrook on a buyout is a great opportunity for the Clippers. Me and you had good conversations last night. You are still not on board with it. So before we get into like, how happy I am about it. Are you still not on board? Even, even after a good night hungover sleep, <laughs> are you still not on board? Well, no, I, I look, I, I think this year in particular, Russ um, made the concessions on the Lakers and I think tried his best to fill the role that we needed of him this year. Right. Last year, that was not the case. He wasn't hearing it from Frank Vogel. He was not trying to do, uh, I'm going on the bench. That was not happening. But this year, he said, okay, you know, I will buy in. I will come off the bench and I will do, you know, my best to fill the minutes that I'm, that I'm given. He was barely playing in any fourth quarters, certainly not playing down the stretch in the fourth quarter for most of these games. So, uh, look, I'm happy that Russ is in a new location. Because what I have been saying is that it's just the Lakers thing was not going to work. It just wasn't working, wasn't working. So we got rid of him. We got in some new guys that I think are doing great, which we can get into later. But I'm happy for Russ to get a new opportunity, not only a new opportunity, but he gets to stay in L.A. As, as we all know, he's an L.A. kid, UCLA as well. So I'm happy for Russ in that sense that he gets a fresh start on a team that is very much going to be in contention as we go down the line here, right? The Clippers are, what are you guys in the four seed, the five seed right now? Four, and we're game out of the three. Game out of the three. So he's in a completely different scenario in the same stadium, in the same gymnasium. Uh, he gets to stay in his house. So I think that's that's all really nice for Russ. But when it comes to the basketball part of things, that's the biggest question is like, yes, you can have these sorts of conversations with Russell Westbrook, and he can agree in theory to whatever it is, whatever role, whatever, you know, shots, uh, you know, the, the, the amount of shots, the amount of minutes, the rotations, he can agree to that in theory. I won't be buying in and believing that that's going to be happening until I see it. You know what I mean? Like, I just need to see it first. So I think there is an opportunity here for the Clippers. Something that we've been talking about all season is you probably needed a, a refresher at the guard position, at the point guard position 
which Russ certainly ticks that box. And you needed a backup center. Um, not only did you address those two things, but you also have a nice complement of other players that you've that you've recently added. So um, I'm not I'm not willing to say right now at this moment before we've even seen him in a Clipper jersey that this is the answer to the questions that the Clippers have. But it could be. And I do think a lot of that really, really hinges on his mentality and his willingness to play a part as opposed to be, you know, the superstar kind of Russ uh, centric type of a offense that he's been used to over the years outside of these Lakers years. So, no, I don't think <laughs> I don't I, I don't think this is going to be like immediately championship contention, but it can be. Um, I just I have to see it work first. I have to see him buy in and I have to see him, you know, accept the smaller role. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, I want to I want to see it work just like you. I think getting Russell in the buyout was huge for us. Like it mm -hmm. is going to address some things that we lack, which is physicality, rebounding, pace, all the things that we need, right? And we had this conversation last night. Like if Russ chose to go to Chicago, then mm. we, we would know like where Russ's head is at. He's not trying to win a chip. He wants to go play Russ ball, play his own thing. I, I, I think that, and again, this is going to be the sixth team in five years, right? This is going to be the sixth team. Right. Um, I think coming out of like what just happened with the Lakers, how they're trying to make Russell Westbrook look like a monster, like a cancer in the locker room, uh, like the scapegoat of, 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 you know, he is the reason why the Lakers have been so bad in two years. LeBron's always great at doing that is choosing somebody to like put the blame on. Um, I think it meant a lot to Russell that PG went to bat for him right away. Like, yeah. Hey, I, I want Russ, right. I want you guys to take a look at Russ. Like he would definitely address the issues that we have and upper management, Lawrence Frank and Ty Lu, just like they explored Kyrie, right? Kyrie was up. The Clippers were made a move, made an offer and whatnot. I think they did their due diligence with Russell, with having these conversations of what's expected and whatnot. But having Paul George come to bat when you've been on a team that hasn't given it, like, has made you look so fucking bad in the media. Late Clipper fans think Russell is the worst. Like, so many people hit me up this morning with, no, 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 we don't need Russ, like, taking minutes away from Terrence Mann. Like, I get it, man. I love Terrence Mann, too. But if we get the version of what we asked from Russell Westbrook, if we get that version, it's a huge piece for us. And what people also aren't understanding is like, there's, yeah, chemistry is going to be tough, but he played with Paul George before, before uh, Rocco, Robert Covington went to bat for, for, for uh, Russell as well. They played together in Houston, right? Norman Powell, UCLA guy. Like there's like Russ knows these guys and his role isn't going to be the OKC MVP. His role isn't going to be Robin to James Harden's Batman. His role isn't going to be the third superstar on this, this poorly put together team that doesn't have shooters, right? This, if the roles were clear and it's written in the sand and Russ does what he's expected, what we expect of him, I think there is nothing but good things that are going to come of this. Now, also, if it doesn't work and we'll know in the probably the first two weeks, right, if this is going to like really work, what's his energy like? What, what's his attitude on the on the court? What does he like on the bench? Is he happy? Because you remember we used to we were talking about and even Charles Barkley said like, yo, you took this man's joy. It doesn't look like he's having fun anymore. Mm. Is he going to get that passion back playing with a team that's competing for a chip? Right. And also. It's low risk, high reward, like it was with John Wall, right? It was low risk, high reward. If it's not working, then we're just going to push him on the on the end of the bench, and like Bones Highland's going to get the minutes, and and you know Terrence Mann will get the minutes that he deserves. And I like Terrence Mann. I love Terrence Mann. I've loved him. We drafted him. We've molded him. We've 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 nurtured him and turned him into our starting point guard. But he's not a starting point guard in the NBA. He's great coming off the bench, right? And Tip the hat to the Clippers. We turned Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, and John Wall into Russell Westbrook, Mason Plumlee, Bones Highland, and Eric Gordon. Like, th I, th I think these are big pieces, man. I think this worked. And Eric Gordon played with Russell in, in Houston as well. So there's a lot of chemistry, I think, on this team. I think the Clippers went to bat for him. And I think Russell appreciates that. Because the conversation you and I had last night, dude, is I, I, what I was saying was, 
this is a very pivotal, pivotal time for, for Russell Westbrook. Hitching his wagon to the right team is imperative right now because six teams in five years is not how Russell Westbrook wants to go out. Hitching your wagon to the horse that is Paul George, that is Kawhi Leonard, that is this really full and deep team that's super well coached, right? We got an owner that will, you know, give you whatever you want. But the Clipper upper management doing the due diligence of finding out where Russell's head's at, the fact that we did all that, and we still want to move forward with it. I think it's going to be awesome. And Drew, like most people want to talk about how bad, the, how this is not going to work, right? Yeah. What if we have the discussion of what if this does work, right? What if this really does work? What if we get this, this wet dream version of Russell that would really be so beneficial to us? And, you know, he's our starting point guard that pushes the pace and rebounds and plays defense and gets the crowd hype. Watching a Clipper game is not fun. Our fans, this is no, no offense to the fans, but like the energy level kind of sucks at, at crypto.com and we're mm. playing really good basketball. And also, you know, Kawhi and Paul George are playing together. We're the top rated offensive team since yeah. January 20th. We've won 15 out of eight, eight, 18 games that, that uh, Kawhi has, has played in, right? Um, we win 73% of the games when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play together. So look, I want to look on the positive side of like, if I want to look at this as what if this does work, right? And not to mention like, there's no other player in the NBA that needs, uh, doesn't need a bigger chip on his shoulder than Russell Westbrook. And now that shit is a boulder on his shoulder. God, that, that rhymes boulder on the shoulder. Um, <laughs> I think Eminem did that too. Uh, now there's a, a huge chip on his shoulder. And I think he wants to prove to everybody in Los Angeles, to everybody in the Laker organization, to LeBron James, how big of a, of a middle finger to LeBron would it be if Russell's playing in the Western conference finals while the Lakers are playing in our, our, our home at home. Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Russell can be like, hey, who's the problem now? You sure I was the problem? You know? So that's how I want to look at it. And that's how I want Clipper yeah. fans to look at it. Yeah, I think, you know, there there, there should be uh, some amount of optimism here based on how Russ has treated this year with the Lakers thus far. I think without having that track record of the last few months of him accepting his role off the bench, there would be minimal up you know, op optimism coming out of, especially me, but, but even you as well. So I think the, the, the thing that I, that I'm going to keep going back to is that while he may accept a specific type of role, it doesn't mean he's going to change overnight and become some perfect point guard, right? He's never going to be a perfect zero turnover, you know, ball control, you know, find every single pass, in the ilk of a Chris Paul kind of a point guard. He's never, he's never going to do that. Right. We thought maybe uh, over the course of him aging over the last few years, maybe he would transition into a, let's be more of a pass first kind of a point guard. Uh, he still is uh, very much willing to pass the ball and, and dish out dimes, uh, especially when he drives to the basket and you do have a, a complement of shooters that can catch and shoot. I mean, Paul George and Kawhi being amongst them. Uh, but I do, I also want to, I think you're aware that even if he plays, you know, 25 minutes a game and is in the starting rotation and takes minimal shots, there's going to be those times where he forgets his defensive assignment and gives up a layup. There's going to be those times where someone throws him an inbounds pass and he doesn't realize there's a defender right behind him and they steal it for a layup. There's going to be these times where he drives to the rim and takes a terrible shot or throws the ball directly out of bounds. That's just kind of what comes with Russell Westbrook. So none of that is going to go away. And I think something that you should acknowledge is that's definitely going to be a problem. Uh, the Clippers are, uh, unfortunately, one of the higher turnover teams in the NBA. I do think adding Russell Westbrook will not help that number. But there is potential to uh, work a little bit differently with Russell Westbrook, get out and transition a little bit more, hopefully some easier buckets. He should be definitely helping on, on the defensive rebounding side of things and offensive rebounding side of things. But um, I again, I'm, I'm very hesitant to just go all in and be like, yes, this is a great move. I don't think it's a great move. If, if I'm being honest, I would have liked Russ more on Chicago. I think it would have suited, his, it would have suited his style of play more clips. He would he would be able to be the Russell Westbrook that he wants to be. I mean, granted, you know, choosing the Clippers maybe points to a different aspect. 
maybe he is deciding to, you know, be a little bit more reserved, take a step back and, and allow Kawhi and Paul George to still run the show. Uh, but again, that remains to be seen. We have to see him do that for, you know, if, if several games. But I, I, I even with my hesitancy and, and a large majority of the people that are NBA fans that have watched Russell Westbrook for his entire career, assuming this will not work, assuming this will take the Clippers a step back as opposed to a step forward. The safety net here for the Clippers is even if it's terrible, even if it works out and it's something you touched on, you can just cut them. You can just let them go and have him become a free agent again. So I do think because of that short short leash that's naturally going to be attached to him, because he's not you know, some monstrous contract that they have to worry about trading, because he's not, uh, you know, even I think he's going to be paid whatever, like the vet minimum right now, you can just let him go and and then be like, cool, that didn't work, right? It, it's not like a, a, it's not like a, a death sentence to this no. team. So no. th- that part of it is appealing because you do have options and it can happen quickly, right? Like if if he if he destroys the chemistry in the locker room, if he's causing problems with you know whoever, if he's not listening to the coach, whatever the the thing is that may happen, you can just cut ties, let him go, and go. Well, that shit didn't work, and I think that's a nice safety net. So, it, I do think he's it, it's worth giving him a legitimate shot to to prove it, to prove to everybody, hey. I'm, I want to be a team player. I want to be a part of this team. I want to win a championship with this team. I want to give the ultimate middle finger to LeBron, the Lakers, and to the Wizards, and to the Rockets, and to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the rest of the fucking NBA, and everybody that's been clowning me. So for that reason, I, I still have a little bit of optimism. I'm not all the way out on it like a lot of people are. Yeah, a lot of people are, don't even want to give it a chance. Like he's like, look, man, I know he's lost a step. Look at the numbers, though. Okay, what is it? 16, 7, and 7 is what this guy's doing right now. That's that's awesome. Yeah. He gets he gets to the free throw line a lot. That's something that the Clippers need. Uh, Norman Powell and, and and Kawhi are like the only guys that get to the line. I mean, Ivisa does too. I just think that um, I'm, I don't know if he's going to come in as our starter, right? Like if this, I he, I think he should, but I also well, think that he'd be, the, that would only. I mean, there's a chance that he wants to stay coming off the bench because he's going for the Sixth Man of the Year award. So that was certainly something that he was committed to doing on the Lakers. I don't know if that's going to be the case for the Clippers, but there was a, I mean, there's a real push. I mean, from what I can tell that he wants to win the six man of the year award. And you know, that'll be the case. And you know, who's number two is Norman Powell, right? They they have the two, (laughs) the two leaders for the six man of the year right now is Norman Powell and Russell Westbrook. Like, look, I, I, I've said this on so many shows. We wait, we want and we wait for these superstars to be humbled at some point and just understand their role now. Like when we're talking about the hitching your wagon and stuff, and in order for the wagon to move, you need the horse. And there's not too many horses in the NBA, right? Like LeBron and Joker, even though he hasn't won one yet. And there's Giannis and there's only a, there's only a few. Russell isn't the horse anymore. And so I think taking the step back from the Lakers this year, coming off the bench, thriving off the bench at at times and doing really well, maybe he'd be okay coming off the bench again. Or maybe he'd be stoked to be like, damn, I'm a starting point guard again on a really great team. Uh, Terrence has definitely earned his position, right? He's put in the work. He's been playing very well. He plays really great defense at times. I tell you, I think he's the only guy that looks like he wants to win on the, uh, on both sides of the floor. And I think it'll only help Terrence too, to have a guy like to a guy like Russell Westbrook, but you touched on something about like, if this chemistry isn't working, that we can just get rid of him and we can, but I think that Kawhi's not going to let shit fly anyways, bro. The first time, there's not going to be this passive-aggressive bullshit that LeBron does. Oh, I love you, Brody. Uh, I hate you, Brody. I love you, Brody, but you're the problem on our team, Brody. You know, all that little shit. I think communication in anything, whether it's sports, relationships, jobs, all that stuff, having the communication, setting setting the table with what is expected from you, I think that helps some pros. And I'm sure that's happened in Russell's career a lot, and maybe he didn't abide by, the, by what they expected from him and whatnot. But I think having those conversations with Paul George, with Kawhi, and with Ty Lue, I think he's going to come out a different player, man. And I think he's got something to prove. And Russell Westbrook with something to prove can be a very scary, scary thing, man. And our team is really good. Like we're really good. We're really deep. We're finally clicking right now. 
Like we're winning basketball games. The the additions, I know it's been a sample size, two games of Plumlee, Eric Gordon, Bones Highland. If anything, this is just going to push Bones to the third the third string point guard at the at the moment. And Bones isn't really necessarily a starting point guard anyways. He's an energy guy that, you know, we've always had those guys, Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, kind of don't know if you're a point guard, shooting guard, what the hell are you? But uh, we, we can be really scary if this works. And uh, the the things we've been lacking all year, that's what Russell is great at, right? We just need some passion. We need some toughness because I don't think we I don't think we scare anybody with our toughness. I don't think Visa Zubox scares anybody, right? But these little pickups with the Plumleys and the Eric Gordons, I liked it. I liked our sample size of what Mason Mason was doing in those games. I know you got to watch a couple of them too, and I'm like, I like that. That's what we need. A guy that can give Zubak a couple minutes, a couple breather, you know, and 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 block yeah. shots and rebound and set screens. I like it. Eric Gordon, right? Another pro who's so happy to be out of Houston and playing for a contending team. I don't think Eric Gordon gives a shit if he gets 30 minutes a game, right? He gets to the free throw line. He can knock down three pointers. It's I, I think we're in a position right now that even if Russ comes in and it doesn't work, Russ can go into the wind, bro, right, right off into the sunset. And I still think we're going to be fine. Right. I, yeah. I think the devil's advocate, like the people that are listening that are like, I can't believe you guys are even open to the idea that this would work. It, you have to, that safety net is so huge, but the devil's advocate part would be like, why, why introduce even the question mark of Russell Westbrook when, when things are finally setting in, things are finally starting to click. You guys are, you know, starting to reach the levels that we wanted you, that we expected out of this Clippers team at the beginning of the year with all the promise and all, all the, uh, the potential that was on this team, like why mess with it? But you know, the counter is what you just said. So for those people that are like still on the fence, it's like what, what, what exactly we're talking about here. We're listing realistic uh, ways for this to work, right? Russell Westbrook got to choose his destination. So just going off of that, you have to assume that he's going to, at some level, buy into the requirements of this, of this role on this team. Um, and I, but you know, I don't want to be repetitive here and just like double down on everything you said, but the truth of the matter is, when when you when you can take a risk like this that has a, a real potential upside and it was very very easy entry point for the clippers right it's this is n- nothing as far as money is concerned yes the rotations will tweak a little bit here and there but why not take a chance right the clippers have only been to one western conference finals they have never been to the nba finals and they have just as good a shot at any single team in the nba of winning a championship this year with that roster. So why not take a risk on Russ? And then, like we said, if it doesn't work, he'll be gone. He and you know what, cut. Drew? You know what, man? Taking the Russ coming to the Clippers, if you think about it, and Nico Batum said this, there was a point in Nico Batum's career where he was washed, right? Overpaid. This guy can't play basketball anymore. He's the worst basketball player in the world. He Reggie gets Jackson. Enough, I, that's my Reggie second. Jackson, the same was, thing career over right and they come to the clippers and they change they change their their whole trajectory of their career right nico batum would be on any, any nba team right now would pay for nico batum to be on the squad reggie jackson gave us 3 years of some really really good basketball from him i think he was physically drained we ran the reggie horse as far as we could we he wasn't even expecting coming in to play all these minutes but their careers change right it's a good place to come and so I think Russell sees that as well. Like, shit, maybe this yeah. this might be the play. They got a, We got a new arena coming next year. Like, this could be a really huge opportunity for Russ to hitch the wagon to two superstars that we have under contract for another two years that want to be here for the, the remainder of their careers, so they say. Could be a really nice vibe. Or, or it could not work and Russell can go play Miami basketball all he wants. The upside, this could be just so much bigger for Russell if he plays the role that we expect him to play. And I I think we are going to be quick as we meaning Ty Lue, Kawhi and PG with noticing if it's going to work or not. Right. Like I don't see, I, I, I don't see, I've never heard a bad story about Russell Westbrook in the locker room. I never have. Right. Right. The only stories I've heard have been the ones now coming from the Lakers, the vulture. He's a vampire in the locker room, sucking the air out of the out of the locker room. These are the first time I've ever heard these stories. And I I know. And also the media 
doesn't like Russell Westbrook too much because he's horrible in interviews and he's very, you know, standoffish <laughs> at times. So maybe the media likes to paint Russell to be this horrible person and yeah. whatnot. So low risk, high risk. Like, look, what happened with John Wall? Wasn't working. Okay. Wasn't working. So we'll just move on from that. I was excited for it. Low risk, high reward. I don't think he got a fair opportunity. I think he he's so the difference between John Wall and Russell Westbrook is John wasn't able to play with a fully healthy Clipper team, right? Like Kawhi is not in the lineup. uh, PG is not in the lineup. We didn't have a backup. He wasn't fully healthy. What's that? And he wasn't even fully healthy. He wasn't. And like, he didn't have a backup center to play with him on the second string. Like there's a lot of things that happened with John wall that didn't work out, but Russ is coming to the Clipper team now where we are knock on wood, fully healthy. There are new pieces to the team that can really help he absolutely, there's going to be no need for Russell Westbrook to shoot a three pointer at all. Like there really is not any need. And the first unit, second unit, third unit does not matter. We got shooters all over the court. We need the toughness. We need the rebounding and we need somebody to get our crowd hyped a little bit because this shit, and it's hard to ask Kawhi to be some like hype guy, energy guy, because it'll never happen. Russ will be, be happy to do that. So, uh, I, I think that this is a really great opportunity for, for Russell to change the narrative of what has been the last four years of his career, right? Which has kind of been very unstable. Uh, the Laker thing is not a great look. The only way to change everything is to get to the NBA finals. I would love to win a chip, but I think there are some of these guys, man. Like, look, if we didn't get Russell, somebody else would, right? Whether it's the Bucks or Phoenix or, you know, uh, Dallas or somebody else would pick up Russell and help their team. So I'm glad that we got it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm stoked on it. I'm excited. We don't play till Friday either, right? Today's Monday. Mm-hmm. We had the whole all-star weekend off. He's already in LA. Hopefully him, PG and Ty Lue and all these guys are working out, talking about shit. Remember we, we, there was red flags with the Lakers when, Oh, Russell and LeBron and AD all got on a phone call to talk about their roles this year. And it's like, well, don't y'all live in the same neighborhood? Like, why aren't you meeting? So hopefully we take these days uh, coming up to, to prep for the Friday, which is the, we're finishing off this season. We've got 21 games. Everybody, LeBron yeah. had just said, these next 23 games are, are the biggest games of my career because I'm not used to playing in, uh, to not playing in the, in the postseason. So even let's, right. let's transition to you and the Lakers. You made, you get yeah. rid of Russell, you get rid of the Pat Bev and Russell experiment didn't work. Shocking. Wonder <laughs> if we, I'm so shocked that didn't work. We told you the day it happened that this wasn't going to work. Um, yeah. Pat Beverly came out and said some things on his podcast about how, you know, it was not about basketball in that locker room. There's some weird stuff going on, but I thought you picked up some, some, some key pieces. You won a game last week. How are you feeling with, with the departure of Russell? The argument for the Clippers not wanting Russ is how much better the Lakers have looked since he's, since he's left, right? Like it, it, it really did feel like a switch was flipped at some point. And, you know, not necessarily um, due to Russ's absence, more due to the infusion of the guys that we received in the trade for him, uh, as well as the trade for Patrick Beverly. Uh, So I do feel great. I was watching that Pelicans game, the last game the Lakers played before the All-Star break, and it was the best the Lakers have looked in at least two years. Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley uh, are fantastic. Rui Hachimura and and those three guys really have helped um, us be a more formidable roster. And, you know, granted in that Pelicans game, we were shooting the lights out of the ball. Malik Beasley was pulling up right off the screens, off the dribble. He can do that. Everybody was. Yeah. And he looks great. And everybody was, you know, catching the ball and shooting it with confidence on those kickouts. It was a little surreal to see so many three pointers go in after all these, all these, all these years of like everyone just bricking threes. Uh, so that was like a great little, little segment there, um, and and it provided me with a lot of hope. So it is funny though to me though, clips because you know LeBron did come out and say that these next 20, 20 so games are going to be really important and you know uh, all that all that jazz, but he sat out a bunch of games right after he scored you know, broke Kareem's record. And it's like, okay, well, if these 23 are important, why weren't the last five mm-hmm. of which we lost a bunch of them? Um, so I don't know, man. I, I Do you think there's some drama? Do you think there's some drama with the AD and LeBron thing? Do you think AD's over it? Because the body yeah. language to me is maybe, 
<laughs> maybe Pat was right, dude. Yeah. Maybe Pat Bev was just like, yo, there's this isn't fun in this locker room. Do you think AD is just like, man, yeah, Chicago sounds really good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think being on a team with LeBron James is relentlessly tiring. Uh, I think it is. I just think it's one of those things where all of his teammates uh, eventually come to a point where they're like, what the, like, Jesus, man, like, can we catch a break? Right. Like we're doing our best. Right. I, you know, and all those guys on the Lakers roster, including when we had Russ and then after the trade, I think they were trying really hard. You know, I don't think there was like a lack of effort for the most part. Maybe some people could, could, could say that uh, AD and, and LeBron and, and Russ at some points were, were not necessarily giving 100% of effort, but everybody else was trying really fucking hard. You know, the Troy Browns uh, on our team, Thomas Bryant, like the, the guys that we did have were giving 100%. And, and I do know that that has to be exhausting as a guy who's like, you know, doing their best. And then, and then all of the blame gets placed on on you, right? <laughs> Anthony Davis for, is a perfect example. So I will say that it has to be a tiring experience for these guys going like, oh, fuck. We're, we're, you know, what, what's LeBron going to say today, right? Okay, here, here's the question. And then, it, and like, it's it's you... a condescending. He's a very hip, hypocritical human being, LeBron James. So, right. So, yeah. what, but what would, if you're AD, since we're speaking about hitching wagons and stuff, do you think he is kind of over hitching the wagon to LeBron? Do you think he wants to hitch it to somewhere else? Because not yet, think- not yet, not yet, oh, because okay. because the, the 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 infusion of these new guys have has really brought an energy. Uh, you can see it. We are we are playing hard. Uh, the game that LeBron did play in, I think maybe it was one or two of them. Uh, he was looking good. Um, you know, I, I I question LeBron's motivation for the rest of this year. While he outwardly says, you know, these games are really important. We'll find out how important these games are by the way he plays or or just doesn't play. Like he was in a, a fucking green beanie up in Portland. Like in a in a in a Canadian tuxedo, and I you know so how important are these games? We'll, we'll we'll see that we'll see that. But but I think the nice part is at least for Laker fans that are hoping that we get into the play-in seeds, which we should be able to do. We're still well within reach of being able to make that the play-in position. Is even if LeBron is out, now we have a little bit more backup in reserve. So let's just say LeBron you know has a foot or ankle problem coming up here, uh, or whatever something happens, he twists his ankle hamstring groin whatever the fuck it is we now have guys that can step up and and play those minutes and do well like if lebron goes out i'm very comfortable rolling out with ad vanderbilt hachimura beasley and uh and delo um i mean and 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 let me just say this too d'angelo russell thus far has been spectacular i have it's, no problems small sample I, size drew yeah. i mean it's two games no but it's the same it's the same quandary that we're talking about with right. russell going to the clippers like there's a big question mark giant right. question mark and delo has has put in the effort he has he has been quiet as far as like any off the court uh bullshit uh i haven't heard any problems with him on the team yes it's been whatever like a week it's been like mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more than a week but initial uh, looks and 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 these first few games have been very promising to the point where I know the Lakers have even begun contract extension negotiations with him, mostly because you know not necessarily saying that we're going to be tied to him for the next four or five six years or whatever, but at the very least we won't let him walk in free agency. We'll have an asset that we can trade if we need to down the road. But uh, so the question about Anthony Davis, I think potentially yes there there you know maybe it's at the end of this year maybe it's at it's sometime next year or the following year but i i do think that there was at least before this trade um maybe a pulling apart of the two guys in some capacity right lebron blaming ad for not being able to be on the court and then ad looking at bron being like when i play you sit like what you know like when i'm playing you're you're in street clothes too uh so yeah man i i think that could come to a head but but um, with this with this new team, I, there is a, a, a significant amount of excitement. I think uh, an increase in energy levels, an increase of, of belief within the squad, and I think you know as as has been publicly stated, I think we need to win 16 out of the next 23 games. Mm. I think we can do it, right? It all obviously will all depend on LeBron and Anthony Davis being able to be uh, on the court and not injured. But if that's the case, I think we definitely can do it. And a lot of the games that we do play against in, in this run are against those teams that are right in the thick of it, right? Right in right above us or 
Uh, well, most people are above us, I guess, we're the 13th seed, uh, but all those teams that we need to leapfrog. So um, I think it's possible. I, I don't think I, I, I really didn't see it being possible before the trade happened. Uh, but with these guys, I, I'm really enjoying watching them play. And I think we have a shot. We have a shot at this for sure. 16 out of 23 is going to be tough, though. That's really that's fucking a, hard. That's going to be really difficult. So I think you're right in saying that, like, LeBron says these are the most important games. Let's show me. I need so you mm-hmm. need 16 wins. Can right. you get me 16 wins? How much you got in the tank? How much are you bought into finishing this year in the play in? Right. Right. I think it's going to be really interesting. So, you know, the reason for you and I being a little slow today, being a little hungover. Is it, it it has been All-Star Weekend, <laughs> one of my favorite weekends. I've always enjoyed All-Star Weekend, going back to being a kid. And uh, you came over last night. We had a gentleman's dinner at Nick's. I know we've, we've mentioned Nick's on our show. Yeah. They, do not pay, they do not pay for, for plugs here. No, uh, we pay them for plugs. We def- <laughs> you know, we, we started off the night with a couple old fashions, very good old fashions by our bartender, yeah. Benjamin. Good guy. Uh, had Had a good meal. And then yep. we walk walk down the street to the new Clips Castle. You got to see the got to see the crib, got to see the studio, um, and then we watched the game. And what game? Uh, look, my notes from the game are this trash, absolute <laughs> trash. Okay, the whole weekend, you know, everybody wants to say Mac McClung, uh, you know, saved the dunk contest. Nah, Mac McClung saved the weekend. Like literally saved everything. If Mac McClung doesn't do that. Uh, spoiler alert, Mac McClung is my flowers this week, this week, bouquet baller of the week. uh, And we'll talk about him shortly, but like, look, I thought Utah was beautiful. I thought the pop-ups and, and the, the concerts and how everything looked in media day. I thought all that was great. It was packaged up great. But when you open it up, the product was shit, man. Mm -hmm. The game was shit, man. Like, we, you and I didn't even know. Now, mind you, we did have a couple libations, a few beers during the game, and we had a great basketball conversation during this game because it was that bad to watch. But terrible. we didn't even we didn't even know d- d- Jason Tatum had fifty five points. Zero. I had no idea that that was even. Yeah, going we knew on. he had some points, but we didn't know that he was on the verge of of breaking the record as it was coming down to the end. No, and, and when and, when and the- Mitchell Donovan Mitchell had forty points on his same team <laughs> between them, they scored ninety five points, and this was. Ugh. Boy. Look, I get it, man. I get it that it's the all-star game and you're you're not going to play, you know, a full basketball game. You're not going to play 100%. But, like, I'm looking at dudes that, you know, we make such a big deal leading up to becoming mm-hmm. an all-star, right? Yeah. Like, there's all this debate and, like, who wants to be an all-star? It's so important. And then you get to the game and you're like, what is this? Yeah. I, I had to give up nine days of being off of basketball to come play in this shit. The, the draft with Giannis and LeBron was way better than the, than the game. Yep. Right. Yes. There's something even that was boring. <laughs> what the, the draft? Even, even that was boring. You know, yeah, it's, but at it's least just it was, them picking players. It was, it was better than the game, but it, you know, it's a low bar. It's just more LeBron. Right. And I love LeBron, but God dang it. I, the past three months has just been so much LeBron. And even it was, it was another LeBron tribute in Utah, right? Like a whole other one. So there needs to be something done and I get it. I get it. The guys, you know, don't, you know, we want to see dunks. We want to see all, but like, make it look like a game. The drew league shouldn't look like better games, bro. Our 24 hour fitness games where we played in were more and more intense than this shit that we watched last night. And and anyways, I just thought leading up to that, I I enjoyed uh, the rising stars games, right? I thought they were cool. I thought that had a more competitive nature to it. There was actually some defense being played in those games. 100%. 100%. And I thought, you know, seeing Powell out there, I'm like, damn, Powell looks good. Even on our, even on our uh, group chat, it was good to see Powell. Yeah. I thought those games were fine. I really enjoyed the three-point contest, right? Yep. Dame, Dame coming out and winning. And uh, But, you know, the the skills challenge needs to be scrapped. We've been saying this for years. <laughs> that That is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Oh, like, boy. And if you're going to do a skills challenge, make it skillful. You know what I'm saying? Like it, make it- that was the worst because they actually added a couple elements to the skills challenge to elongate it. And to, I, t- I do think they were trying to address the fact that they want to show more an array of skills during the skills challenge. Uh, but you know, one team didn't make, made one shot um, during the shooting portion of this. And it's like, dude, the, the score to beat was eight. Everyone just lined up at the one, the, at the, at the one point line. Mm-hmm. Right. 
just bank in your shots. Get to nine, at least, before you start jacking these four, five, three-point bombs. Anyway, I, I'm with you. The skills challenge is a catastrophe, but nothing, nothing, nothing is worse than what that NBA all-star basketball game was. Uh, Mike Malone and Jalen Brown both hit the nail on the head with their comments after. Mike Malone said that wasn't even a basketball game. Jalen Brown said that was a glorified layup line, and both of those things are 100% correct. That was not fun. It wasn't basketball. It was like embarrassing. I feel bad for the people in Salt Lake that were amped for years to, that this was going to be at their doorstep. Finally, Salt Lake gets a fun thing that they can do with uh, all the celebrities coming to Salt Lake, which never fucking happens. And then that's the shit that they get, right? We do uh, on some level, like you said, we expect that maybe in the first quarter, second quarter, we expect there to be a little bit of, Hey, let's see who can land a 360 windmill, right? Uh -huh. Like, let's see who Let, can shoot give job breakaway, court. give job breakaway, right? Yeah. Let's see Joel Embiid go one-on-one -on, -one on Jokic, right? None of that even took place. I mean, like the one-on-one -on -one thing, right? Where people would, there would be like a little bit of back and forth, even like Jalen Brown and Tatum went one-on-one -on -one against each other once, but they're so minimal effort on both ends that it's like, you can't even, that's not one-on-one. -on -one. Like, this is not a game. This is, there's, I was blown away that that was, that, that all of the guys on the court as all-stars were comfortable with the product that they put out. Nobody, nobody, LeBron blocked one shot right and then shay had something to say about it like after the fact like i'm sorry shay yeah your shot got blocked and and yeah nobody else was playing defense but i think that may have been lebron saying okay can, are we gonna play basketball at all like i think it should have been addressed everyone? at halftime the coaches should have been like this, the coaches should have come together and been like look dude tell your team to play i'll tell my team to play because this is tr this is trash right just like a show of hands in the locker room who wants to play basketball today right and and if they don't raise their hands, then don't don't let, let them fucking sit on the side of the of the of the court. And they can talk, they can do the interviews while the game is mm. happening. They can chit chat with the fans or whatever the fuck they want to do. Can we stop that too, though? Can we stop with the mic'd up players while oh. they're playing? I hate that. It's so uncomfortable. Also, I heard, yeah. and I, I've I've known this, but like since Adam Silver's taken over and whatnot. Like All Star Weekend, like the, the players were always had to commit from Friday to Sunday. Like they had to come in on Friday do the media, do all that stuff. And he's been very uh, lenient with that. I heard some players didn't even show up till Sunday, dude. Like didn't even come wow. into Salt Lake until Sunday. That goes to show you that wow. they don't really care about All-Star Weekend, right? right? I'll bet you Paul George would have much, much rather stayed home than doing that, right? Like I would have much rather gotten rehab. All of them. Work. All of them clearly wish that they would, would rather be at home. All Besides LeBron. Because LeBron was and, and I think Giannis, I think Giannis would have played, right? You know, Giannis, well, he, he, he got it up for 24 seconds. They gave him a layup and then he fouled and he was out. But I think, you know, at least those two guys seemed like they were interested in playing a little bit of basketball. And then they were both done before the second half. And I just I think the epitome of what went wrong in that game is how the game ended with I think it was seven attempts from half court mm. to finish the game when all they needed was a layup to do it. And it's like, oh, we're going to elongate this now. Not only are we not going to play, we're just going to line up and everyone has a shot from half court. Like somehow that will be cool. Somehow that will make sports center. Somehow that will make this game worthy Better. of our attention. I'm I'm like a, I'm pissed that we that I watched it. <laughs> I mean, granted, you and I were we, we had a great time, right? We were throwing back a couple of beers. We were talking all different types of NBA shit and. So I enjoyed the the evening that that we had, right? <laughs> but if I was sitting here by myself in my house or with my wife watching this game, I would have definitely turned that shit off. 100% would have turned it off and would have watched, I don't know, anything. I'd rather watch golf. I'd rather watch tennis, anything, fucking the news than 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 what what we had to watch. And I, I feel bad for all people around the world that love basketball that had to sit through that fucking garbage. Yeah, I think there needs to, you know, the new CBA is going to be coming out. I think there has to be something in there about it, you know, I, and I don't know what it is. I don't know yeah. what it is that and we we talk about this every year. Every year we make our adjustments on how we think the, the dunk contest yeah. can be better and the skills challenge. And we're not going to use 
our time today to do that because you know it just we we've said it we've before. done it yeah we've done it <laughs> we've done it and it's funny Stephen A this morning came out with his plan for the dunk contest and I'm like well Clips and Drew said that exact plan two years ago so yeah. it's nothing new but there needs to be some incentive to win the game right there has to be some kind of incentive to win the game and with league pass man I got I got I've got to watch a lot of old uh, all-star games and yes yeah. there it's it was competitive like the the guys wanted to win you the know try to tell, tell michael jordan or kobe that we're going to be doing this bullshit in the all-star Whoa. game nah it ain't gonna happen so when uh the the highlight of the weekend was mac mcclung right yeah it was mac mcclung uh for whatever reason shade and sharp took himself out of the uh dunk contest which i was sad to see we're always excited to see the dunk contest i was excited to see mac we've been seeing mac dunk for the past seven eight years right we've seen him do this shit in the game it was very uh, obvious that mac mcclung and and trey murphy these guys were prepared to go into a dunk contest have uh you know their dunks ready to go practice and and completed nothing off the whim like it looked like with Jericho Jericho was so bad that was so bad and it's so sad because Jericho's got so much bounce right we were riding for Jericho we were we were on the forefronts we were getting signatures to get Jericho Sims in the freaking dunk dunk contest and he does this like that bro he does he does the same dunk twice I I don't get it what did he think was going to happen there I I don't know I think uh I think it was over after Mac did the first dunk because it's like, oh, shit, oh. this guy. Look, I got to give him props. He Not only yeah. did he have the balls to, you know, ask to compete in this. I don't know if it's the agent or Mac McClung that made it happen right. to get him in the dunk cause. Mac at some point had to say, hey, man, get me into this thing because I yeah. know I can beat these guys, right? Totally. I've got four or five dunks in, in my bag right now that I could pull out that'll yep. win the dunk contest. And obviously in Utah, a small white guy, taking on all these NBA elite dunkers and whatnot and killing them. I I mean, Trey Murphy was close. I thought they started. Yeah, Trey was I, cool. He was cool. I think the way he, they started the show with Alvarado coming in yeah. and stealing it, like that's the way you start a dunk contest. That was and great. Yeah. Maybe a lot of casual NBA fans didn't get that. Like a lot oh. of guys are like, who's the Puerto Rican guy running running in, uh, stealing the ball, right? <laughs> it works. I liked yeah. it. And I thought his dunks were thought. I didn't know he had that, mu- that many bunnies, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. I thought he was just a straight shooter, but that boy's got got hops. But as far as K.J. Martin and and Jericho Sims, they they did nothing for me. Right. They well, at were least not- at least K.J. tried. Right? right. He brought out the ball. He brought out his dad and he had, you know, they, I think it was Jay Sean Tate trying to throw him a lob in the first one. So at least Kenyon Martin Jr. had a plan mm-hmm. uh, and just the, the dunks. He wasn't able to, to really land them. Right. Like that's the. That's when it comes down to being able to dunk on the first dunk, which is what Mac McClung did every time. And I think same thing with Trey Murphy. They both landed their dunks, which makes it exponentially more exciting and more entertaining to watch. Is when it's the worst when we have you know the Nate Robinson effect, mm-hmm. where you just try the dunk fifteen times, and then by the time you get to sixteen and you dunk it, everyone's like, "All right, like cool, like." <laughs> You know, and so I, I feel bad for KJ, right? He wasn't able to land his dunks that he wanted to land on the first tries and then had to switch out of uh, out of the second dunk because the lob thing wasn't working. Um, but Jericho, boy, oh boy, that was a, that was a tough one. I don't think he'll be back. He was he, he, I understand what he was trying to do. He was trying to show off his vertical leap. He dunked it through. He tried to I put both it. arms through the rim and then he tried to put his armpit in the rim in the second one. But guess what, bro? That looks the same. Right. It looks like the same dunk, just come out, put your armpit in it for the first one, and then go do something different for the second dunk. You can't do two dunks in a row that look identical to each other and then expect to like get a bunch of like love for it. He kept like pointing to on his arm. We get it. We get it. Markings on his arm. It's like, yeah, we, yeah, we saw that. We saw that you tried that and neither of them really came off very well. So hey, who gets invited back to all-star weekend? Is it does Kevin Herter or Jericho Sims get get invited back to participate in any of these? <laughs> I, I think even if they were invited, both would be like, "No, nah, I think yeah. I'm I am uh, I'm good." I'm not gonna... and who told Julius Randall to get in the three point contest? Did did he do that because they were short a person, or did he actually yeah. come at them and like, "Yo, bro, I can win this thing. I need to be in this." I think it might have been both, but you know the 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 cries from the fans were for Yuta Watanabe, our guy out of the Nets. He's shooting like 47, 48 percent from three, and he didn't get any love to be in the mm-hmm. contest 
And he definitely would have done better than Herter and uh, Julius Randle. Uh, both guys showed out pretty shitty. I feel bad for Herter. He was probably a little juiced, a little jacked up, and, and just kept missing everything long. Uh, terrible, terrible for performance. But it, it was the saving grace for Julius Randle because he's like, hey, I didn't finish last. I didn't finish last in that dunk, in that three-point competition. Um, but yeah, Yuta should have been in there. Julius should have should have not been in there. <laughs> uh, but I do think it was one of those things where they, that they needed to fill in, um, or they would have you know just lost the spot entirely. So I, I you know shout out to Julius for putting his neck on the line. I think that's that's one of the problems that All Star Weekend is is running into year in and year out is guys not willing to put their neck on the line, and 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 the lack of pride that we're seeing in all of these competitions. I mean, Mac McClung, Trey Murphy. Um, you know, Halliburton, some of those other Dame Lillard, you know, in the, in the dunk contest and the three point contest showed out, they tried their hardest. We could see them trying and for Halliburton, the shots just didn't fall in the second round. Same thing with buddy, buddy had a great second round. Just wasn't good enough to beat Dame. Trey Murphy did a really good job. I think Kenya Martin, I want to give, I'll tip the cap to Kenyon. Mac was able to fucking just take over the whole thing. And it was electric and he's six, two. And it's just, it looks amazing when you're that size and you can do that shit. Um, so I, I, the lack of pride and the lack of like willing to risk, you know, I don't know, looking silly is, is the major problem that we have with all-star weekend. This is why superstars like John Morant, Zion Williamson and the, and the like are not competing in the dunk competition. This is why that entire game, which is not even a game took place like that because they, they don't want to get crossed over, right? They don't want to try and play defense against one of the best players in the NBA and then get made a fool of or fall down or get dunked on. But that's what we need to see. That's the whole point of this. Kobe Bryant was, you know, before he before he passed away, rest in peace, uh, was on all the smoke. Our guys, Matt Barnes and Stack. And he was talking about the All-Star game and how somehow the pride has left. And that's a that's a that's a travesty. I don't understand why guys just don't want to try hard. Right. I, and I guess maybe I'm, I'm being too philosophical here, right? It's, it's staring at me right in the face. Why don't they want to try hard? Because when you try hard and you get crossed over, you get made fun of, but it's like, dude, all of you guys should have thicker skin than that. And all of you at one point in, in your lives, probably, even if it was very young, had to face competition that made you stronger, that made you better. And that made you fall down or made you look silly at one point or another in your life. And it's okay to be vulnerable in that situation because guess what? He could try and cross you and you could rip his ass and then you go down and, and yam one on somebody else. That's the fucking game of basketball, man. And I just, I, 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 I am, I'm, I'm at a loss for words as to why the pride is gone. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but you know what, what was prideful was watching Mac do what he did back to yes, Mac. Really big shout out to Mac. Back. We, we posted on our page, like he, he quoted saying, man, I got two dunks that I've never seen in the dunk contest before. Yep. Mac had said that. And I posted that. I'm like, all right, my money's on this guy. He, but most of the time you'd be like, well, I have seen that. Right. And Mac literally came out and did two dunks that I have never seen before out the jump, you know, jumping over two people. To, yeah. he, I didn't even notice he tapped it either. Right. The angle on the, dunk, it off like, the backboard, tap that bitch off the backboard. Right. And Kenny was hating Incredible. on it too, but I hadn't seen both of those. And look, man, some people like, let's be honest. Mac McClung is probably never going to be an NBA player. He's 24 years old, man. Like it hasn't happened. Well, He's six clips. Clips. Hold on. What? Clips. What? He is an NBA player. He is an NBA player. Going back to your semantics problem that you had okay. on the last podcast. He You're is right. an NBA player. He's an NBA player, but I think he got the 10 day so he could play in the dunk. So he can be in the dunk contest. That 10 day contract is be is so he could be in the dunk contest, which is fine. He had four games with the Lakers, four games with the Lakers as well. In game dunk. I agree. Okay. I'm not, I love Mac McClung. We love what, what, what small white guy basketball player wouldn't love Mac McClung. Okay. I love this guy. <laughs> But I'm being real. It's probably not going to work out for Mac. Okay, you are who you're. he's an undersized, uh, not great, not great shooter. It's probably he's never going to be. I don't think a starting point guard in the NBA for a season. But what Mac can do is, and, and to solidify his legacy, is he can come in and win the dunk contest, dude. He can do it. Be up there with the greats, right? 
Mac got Mac went from G League to being with Dr. J and like Vince Carter's giving him praise. Like everybody's going to remember Mac McClung's name. Not everybody can be LeBron James, man. Sometimes that's his moment in the sun is this winning the NBA dunk contest in front of the whole wide world. And when you've been watching a guy for seven, eight years from high school, this little kid in high school that beat out Allen Iverson's Virginia record, like this guy's a hooper. He's definitely a hooper. And then, you know, watching him go through his, his troubles from the NBA to the G league to, he could probably make a great career overseas somewhere, but he's still holding on to that dream, man, of getting on an NBA squad and be a contributing member of an NBA team. But maybe this is it. Maybe this was his calling. And he showed up watching a kid from high school to being on the platform in the NBA to beating the best athletes in the NBA at what he shouldn't be beating them at. Right. Which is dunking. Yeah. And he did it. And he's now in the history books. Like, what do we remember Harold Miner for? Tell me. Tell dunking. me why. Tell me why they called him baby Jordan from what? Yeah, exactly. From the dunk contest. Right. Never heard from Harold Miner ever again. But Mac <laughs> McClung. We will remember from the 2023 All-Star Game as doing some wild shit and saving that whole weekend, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I I I, well, I could watch him do his thing all day long. I, I And I have. I mean, like you said, I, I've been privileged enough to love basketball so much that my all, pretty much all the people that I follow on Instagram are basketball related. And of course, <laughs> Ball is Live or one of those one of those, you know, outlets got me looking at Mac McClung highlights when he was in high school. And it was hard to not be like, holy shit, <laughs> like what? This guy is 16 years old and he's doing this off the backboard and windmills in games over kids. And yeah, he was an incredible high school basketball player. Broke, like you said, broke many records, broke all the records in high school, went on a full ride to Georgetown, played under Patrick Ewing. That shit didn't work very well. Patrick's not doing great in that program, generally speaking. Right. <laughs> the Georgetown is not good. Uh, and transfers to Texas Tech, has a great uh, secondary career at Texas Tech for a couple of years, and then goes to the draft. Doesn't get drafted. I don't believe he got drafted. Mm. And then, you know, winds up on the Lakers of all places and then bounces to the Warriors for a hot minute. And then, you know, really, Clips, I mean, he was G League MVP last year so that's not saying nothing you know a right. lot of guys in that g league that are really really good including scoot henderson mm. uh, a guy that he plays and that, a guy that will be the second overall pick most likely in this upcoming draft so you know i think it's a little too early to stamp him as impossible for him to become a starting point guard with the jeremy lins of the world that happened and uh, guys like that i mean i don't think lin sanity is necessarily in max future uh, but it could be and and you know, if a kid is going to work as hard as he has to be as good as he has at dunking to elevate his athleticism to the nth degree, getting literally the most out of his body he possibly can. There's no way he could do anything more than what he's doing now. I have to assume that that work ethic will eventually pay off. And you're right. Maybe it's overseas. Maybe he becomes uh, just a phenomenal point guard for Real Madrid or one of those other leagues in the world, in China, Australia, where have you. But, man, while he's around, I hope he signs up for every single dunk contest. I hope they invite him back. And I hope maybe this lights a fire under someone like John Morant going, or Anthony Edwards uh, or, or, or the NBA stars that were on that floor that we know should be competing in the dunk contest and goes, shit, I can beat that little white boy. Then let's see it. Then let's fucking see it. Put your money where your mouth is. Get out there and go compete with Mac. That's what I think. Yeah, so that that's my flowers. Mac McClung gets my flowers this week. He deserves them. He saved the All Star game because that was trash. Who's your bouquet baller of the week, Joe? So this is I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Clips. Mm. Oh, a it's Rob. Up. It's Rob Palinka. Oh, look at you going for a GM. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tell me why. Well, I think Rob, similar to what we talked about with teammates of LeBron GMs of LeBron also get the short end of the stick time and time again. And uh, certainly I think Rob Palenka is not the best general manager uh, that the Lakers have ever had. He's not the best general manager in the NBA. He's not in the top 10. I wouldn't even say he's in the top 10 best GMs in the NBA, but he has brought us a championship by way of 
bringing Anthony Davis over. He fucked up by bringing in Russ, in my opinion, but I don't know how much of that was his decision. If Russ says, I want to come and LeBron says, let's do it. And you're Palinka, you go, okay, I guess we're doing this now because I can't not do it. But, you know, he takes his medicine and getting a lot of fucking blame in the media. Uh, made a hell of a deal, in my opinion. I think we got off of Russ. We brought in some good guys like I've talked about. I don't need to go rehash all, all of the ways that I feel about the new roster. But uh, really smart move for Rob Palinka. And I think the only move that can possibly get us into this postseason. So I'm giving Rob some flowers because I don't think too many people, you know, realize how hard it is not just to be a GM, which is very, very difficult in the NBA, but specifically to be the GM of the Los Angeles Lakers that are used to winning championships and having LeBron James essentially, you know, take the credit for everything good that you do. And then everything bad that you do falls right at your feet. So shout out to Rob. I think that's fair. And I think we've, we've said our pieces about Palinka all year and last year, like we've had not the greatest things to say. We didn't know if he was working hard enough, if he knew what he was doing. And we both like to, I mean, you're, you're making it sound like you're all in on this new Laker team. You are just all in on this. It's going to work. This is it. And I like that. Do you think the rest of the, of Laker nation feels the same way though? Um, I, yeah, they should. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think there, there, there can be some disappointment when, a lot of rumors are flying around about who we can get in return of Russell Westbrook. But I, I don't think we could have done much better. I'll be honest with you. I and don't think we could have done much better. And especially since you're getting Kyrie next year too, right? So that's, yeah, that's bingo. Getting, Rob's going to look like a hero. We'll, we'll throw him a ticker tape parade. We're going to, we're going to sign Kyrie and we're going to have D'Lo. Probably not actually if, if we have Kyrie, but uh, yeah, man, I look, like I said, he's not perfect, but he deserves some praise for the way that he got us out of that situation. Agreed. And, and if you're a Lakers fan and you watch this team, if, you, if you've been really a Lakers fan for the last season and a half, and then you, you turn on what, what you're seeing right now with this Lakers team, with this new roster, you cannot help but put a smile on your face. You cannot help but notice this team is better. So if, you, if, you're, if you're disagreeing with me and you think we should still have Russ, then – you know, maybe maybe we need to have a sit down conversation or maybe I just can't hear what you're saying. But uh, to me, it's 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 pretty clear that this was a move in the right direction for us. All right. Final thoughts, man. I'm going to go first because it's it's very quick. I'm not. Uh, and, you know, I haven't talked about TV in a long time, long time. But you and I talked about it at dinner last night. Netflix. Uh -huh. I'm not even a huge golf guy. OK, full swing. I'm a huge golf guy. I know you are. But yeah, full, full swing on Netflix. It is awesome. What a great, yeah. what, a, what a great show, right? Makes me want to, I went out and, and bought some fucking Lacoste, Lacoste uh, polos yesterday. Cause I'm like, I want to look like these guys. They're the, they're the swaggiest, right? The, the bread that these guys make is out of control, but it's such yeah. a cool way to present golf, right? It'll make, it makes it look so freaking cool. And I've always liked golf. I like watching golf. I just can't play golf. I have nine fingers. I can't grip a, I can't grip a, a club. You, you play often. You're actually a very good golfer, but we had the discussion last night. I love the show. Can't wait to watch episode six tonight, man. Oh, uh, it's fantastic. I, I'm not fully caught up yet. I'm definitely uh, already started. It is, it's, look, you know, the game of golf is boring, right? Like, we can just be real. For people that don't like golf, for people that don't know how difficult it is, it's very difficult to watch, right? Like, if you're just like a casual person, you're not going to turn on the, the, you know, the, the Riviera tournament that just ended this last weekend and go, wow, what exhilarating play from these guys. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things where you have to appreciate the sport, right? Uh, it's like the same thing with darts, right? I, I think darts, to me, darts is one of the most electric sports that you can watch. They get a fucking, you know, thousand people drinking beers all day long. And you got these guys that look like the least athletic people and they're outside ringers. of golfers. And they're just like, just, just nailing darts, just boom, boom, boom. And it's fantastic. I, I fucking love it. But I digress. Full swing is fantastic. Netflix has a formula now. How about that? Netflix has a formula now coming off of the Formula One show. Uh, where they can they can do this they can do this for any sport and and it will shine a brighter light on the sport just like it did with Formula One Formula One took over the fucking you know the entire media sphere when that show came out people are addicted to it now 
I don't necessarily know if this will have the same impact on the game of golf, but it certainly will. It will reach people like yourself, right? Just like you just said, you're not a big golfer, but you want to watch the show. It's the personalities are interesting. I'm, I'm all the way, I'm all the way behind it. I love it. I'm very excited for the show and I'm going to, I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah. I'm stoked, dude. Just private jets and the money and the chicks and like just how many people are so invested and how hard it is, the work that some of these guys put in the years of doing it. And like, you can be so good for like two years, a two year stretch, be the, be the number one player, number 10 player in the world, and then not win a tournament in three years. And like, you're kind of, you're kind of just out on your own Island now. And then now there's a competing, uh, you know, a competing league live with so much drama and like whoever goes there gets banned. And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> so final, give me your final thought, Drew. Uh, I'll bring it back to basketball. Thank you. Um, our guy, Bazooka Joe, Joe Mazzula for you the, the, uh, the Boston Celtics. Uh, contract extension, now permanent head coach of, of the Celtics. Well-deserved, well I think. Well-earned. Uh, and my final thought is where does Ime Udoka go now? That's my final thought. I don't know where he could possibly go. Haven't heard that name in a while, right? We've been right. Exactly. We've been talking about, uh, you know, potentially the Raptors shaking up some shit. Maybe Nick nurse might be on his way out. Uh, I, I know that Trey young would love to try a new coach down in Atlanta. Probably, uh, there, there will be an opening for for Ime Udoka and I think we might see him um be the head coach of of uh, maybe the Brooklyn Nets a team that he's had you know some some obvious ties to in the past uh but I I I think I'll leave it with a question is like where in the hell is Ime Udoka going to end up I think he'll be on the court again soon been very quiet on the email front. Haven't heard that name in a while. We haven't talked about that name in a while. And what makes, what gives him the right to be the number one guy in any of these positions though, you're talking about Toronto and Atlanta and like, but there might be some better options out there besides email. Maybe email coached well, his last. He's a great, he's a good coach, man, but he kind of, kind of fucked up. So yeah, uh, literally know. fucked up. But <laughs> I think uh, the, the thing that, that to me is, is he's put in his time. Right. He was a, he's been a, an assistant coach for a very, very long time. He's earned his stripes and took the Boston Celtics to the finals in his first fucking season. So, yeah, I don't know if there's a better option out there in, in the sphere of coaches. Like, are you going to bring in Dan Tony again? Let's see what Dan Tony's got. Let's dust off Dan Tony. Nah, let's bring in Ime Odoka. Uh, you know, if, if the Rockets, like, like, a, let's be real, I think the Rockets or the Hornets, or one of these teams that's dog shit, but has some talent. Why not go ring his doorbell and say, hey, come on over. Let's see if you can give these guys some direction. That is interesting. What team will take Ime? Uh, we got to get out of here, Drew. We got to get out of here. I got to go take some more Tylenol, maybe a little Gatorade. <laughs> but on our next show, we're going we're gonna to see if we're both still stoked on our teams. What's happening with Russell? Is it working out? Lakers still thriving? What's it going to be? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghost. You know what it is, you know what it is, you know where you're at. This is the follow through with Clips and Drew. What up, podcast world? What up, what up, podcast world? You know what it is, you know where you're at. This is the follow through. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? This is the Thank you.